alongside Rob Lewis. I'm Austin Price for the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. Brent Hubs has the week off. Rob, let's get right to these mailbag edition questions. As uh, as you look at, you know, where Tennessee's at in the recruiting process, everybody each week wants to talk about Peyton Page. Do you think that Page has made his mind up that it is for sure Clemson? I know that, in my opinion, I kind of think he does have his mind made up. I know he's continuing to insist to Tennessee that it's totally up in the air. He continues to insist to everybody around him that he's up in the air. But it just, I don't know, there's something about it that feels like the, the, the kid's already picked Clemson and he's just waiting until uh, the 28th to announce. Is it? How, how bad does it hurt AP if they miss on him and Ingram Dawkins? I mean, I think that's a blow. I think Tennessee would love to add another big uh, defensive tackle in this class one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, in a perfect world, they land one of those guys. I just feel like at this point right now, TID is more realistic than Peyton Page. But I do know this. Tennessee has had multiple conversations with him this week, long phone calls. Um, you know, and so the dialogue is still there. So I don't want to totally shut the door on it. It's just more of an internal feeling I have, um, you know, based off reading the tea leaves and just kind of the, some of the things he's told me and uh, a few others. You know, and again, he's continuing to insist across the board that he's not made his mind up, but there's just something about it that doesn't that feels like he has. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. And staying at that position is Tom Tom Malone. Is that is that a pipe dream or is that I don't, I don't think it's a pipe dream. The best thing that, that one's got going forward if you're Tennessee is the fact he's not doing anything for a while. And Tennessee's baseball team can can really show, hey, look at the start we had last year, you know, and, and that's going to be a big one. I mean, look at the other teams you're competing against. Rutgers, it's kind of home state school. They don't even play baseball, really. Uh, Ohio State don't have much of a baseball program. Um, you know, it, it makes some sense that Tennessee would have some traction there. He doesn't do a lot of uh, – a lot of talking. So, uh, you know, I expect that one to uh, remain kind of cloaked in mystery uh, for the foreseeable fall. Um, Eight Always 24 also asked, do you think it's as open as as Mary Sims is making it out to be, or does everybody else pretty much know it's either Georgia or Alabama? I think it's Georgia because I think Alabama probably is going to get the Brock or Meyer brothers. Um, you know, and I think if that happens, that helps Tennessee with a guy like, you know, William Parker, you know, who Alabama is kind of, you know, came in on. Um, but, I mean, you know, Brockermeyer brothers, you know, play similar positions to William Parker. So, I think that helps there. And I think, it, you know, it helps a team like Georgia and can potentially help a team like Tennessee or a Florida for Amarius Mims if he does not want to go to Georgia. I do know Amarius Mims grew up an Alabama fan. Of course, he lives in this Georgia-heavy uh, area. Uh, 423 Volunteer says, have read reports that an SEC meeting potential 8 plus 2 model, I mean eight conference games, two non-conference for the season that has been proposed to allow schools to keep certain non-conference games rumored to be among those, SEC, Big 12, and ACC. If it happened, would you assume we would keep OU and add another game? Have you heard any rumblings of any possibilities for a second game, maybe Virginia Tech? Yes, I think Tennessee would keep Oklahoma, and I think they would likely try to keep, you know, one of the, you know, group of five teams. You know, Guineas. yeah, you know, you, you don't want. Why, why would you want to add Virginia Tech? I mean, like, if you're gonna do that, why not just play, you know, 
more SEC games. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess you could conceivably have that fall harder if you landed in LSU or something like that instead of a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss. But, but it's also contingent you know, on those smaller conferences deciding they're going to play. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I just I feel like that. You know, again, if you're going to go to that eight eight and two model, you're playing eight league games. You're going to keep Oklahoma. The other one's got to be a cakewalk. You know, just more of a kind of, you know, beat somebody fifty to seven and, you know, chalk up a win. Go home and home with Vandy. Uh, they'll probably be the most at-home team all year long uh, if there's football this fall. Volunteered87 says, do you see home and home contracts changing if there is an out-of-conference – or if, if there is out-of-conference games this season? Meaning, is it just t- tough luck for OU that we played in Norman and they had no ticket revenue and no concessions revenue, but when they return to Knoxville, everything will be a full go? Or could we see a revision – like a third game split gate. Uh, no, I, you know, I don't see that. I think it's just tough luck. You know, I, I just, I don't see this as a, as something where, well, Tennessee's going to say, well, we'll play a third game and just chalk this one up as. I mean, know, it would be that way for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Tennessee is going to be losing, you know, revenue, you know, maybe, we're not probably going to sell, sell out the Charlotte game or whatnot, but, you know, they're, they're going to take a bath, you know, a financial bath on that one too. So I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's, I don't think you roll the contract over to a split gate third year. Eight always 24 with his second question of the chat, Rob. Uh, he's dominating. Um, not sure if AP said this on the Swain event Tuesday or if I read it somewhere else, but I have heard Edmund White is a big recruiter for the class. Is this an indication he will likely stick and not get recruited over? I like how he has played at the high school level for state championship teams. You know what? I did say this on, on Jason's show. I've said a thing in the chat. Evan White has been a good recruiter for this class. Um, but time will tell if he remains in this class. I think a lot of it depends on, you know, who Tennessee can land at the cornerback spot. You know, I, I think Coach Pruitt specifically likes the fact that Edwin picked off several passes. Was it was seven or eight or whatever it was. It was a, a lot of passes he picked off last year. Um during his junior year. So I, that coach Pruitt's always, you know, one of the first conversations I ever had with him. He said, I mean, if you ain't picking them off in high school, you ain't going to pick them off in college. So point is, is he likes kids that make plays and do those type things and have good ball skills at the high school level. Cause he thinks it translates to the next level. Talks about it a lot. Ball rocker. Would we take Sam Horn's commitment if he wanted to jump in right now? That's a good question. I know that he is not as high on the board as Ty Simpson, but I think Tennessee's liking Sam more and more. Uh, the good thing for Tennessee is I don't think he's trying to jump in right now. So, thus, I don't think you have to, 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 to go down that road and play, you know, hypothetical. I think Tennessee, again, wants to land Ty Simpson, and uh, he's their guy at least to start off with this 2022 class. What about this What about this scenario? If he wants to jump in or they feel like he is, then you can pick up the phone and maybe put some pressure on Ty Simpson with, with that, that development? Uh, you know, I think that probably would have a little bit because I do know when LSU landed their quarterback commitment for 2022, that bothered Ty, um, you know, because it was kind of Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, um, and then LSU landed their guy and – 
you know, I don't think he wants to go there and be a part of some competition. I think he wants to be the guy. Um, I'm not saying – this whole notion that, you know, he's trying to scare off 21 quarterbacks is, is silliness, you know. But, I mean, I think he wants to be the guy in his class. Um, so, um, I don't think that, you know, he's uh, – you know, I'm, I'm going to say shut down with LSU, but I think that they kind of lost a little bit of the luster there. So, I think, you know – it, it, it would bother him if Tennessee was going to go try to take another quarterback and it wouldn't be him. Uh, so I do think that potentially that could work. Um, Priestfall says, I know this, I know this is what, I know this is, wasn't the intention, but do you see the versatility of athlete? This staff has recruited over the past few years being beneficial this year due to the probability of players sitting due to the quarantine time, like a DB flipping the wide receiver or vice versa, running backs to linebackers or vice versa. Sure. I, mean, I think why that's not? a great point. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it before today. But, yeah, I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Lyneth Whitehead or T. Hodge, if, you know, your linebacker room gets infected. I mean, you can, those guys can play in an emergency. Uh, you know, probably every DB and wide receiver on the team played, you know, the opposite in, in, in high school. So, yeah, I I think that's a really good point. I could I could see that being, you know, something that develops. All right, Rob. This is from Coach underscore ninety three. During your tenure with VolQuest, who signed with the Vols that you were high on? Believed they would be a stud or a major contributor, but ended up being a bust or underperformer. Oh, man, that what a list. I mean, I think the the biggest wins, and I think this is you know kind of lends its lent itself at the time to to Phillips' demise was – This is where I, I knew you were going there. And I think – Phillips had a bunch – I mean, I mean not, you know, I'm not, it's not Phillips' fault. I mean, they, was, they were beating out Notre Dame, Ohio State. You know, they were – I mean, everybody wanted these guys, but Chris Donald has got to be at the top of the list. Adam Myers-White is another one. And even though he played some here, Ben Martin was a five-star guy that, that I thought was going to be a monster. And so those are – you know, those are three that – you know, when Tennessee got him, you're thinking future All-SEC players and – you know, they end up doing virtually nothing here. And and these these next two don't have anything to do with talent, I don't think. Demetrius Morley, you know, I thought he was going to be a big-time player here. And Derrick Rogers is, is probably maybe the most talented guy I've seen bust out, you know, because of off-the-field stuff. I think he could have been a great player. Yeah, I mean, I thought when a guy like uh, um, the late Daniel Brooks, you know, I, I thought yep. it was going to be – uh, you know, big time and just never materialized. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you bring up a good point with the Rick Rogers, um, you know, with, with, with just what he had to offer um, that, that, you know, it just kind of never did really, you know, muster itself. Jens and Jackson kind of threw a lot away. Um, but those guys at least the, – the last two at least flashed before they just – you know, I mean, they weren't bust because of talent. I mean, Chris Donald was just, I mean, just, I don't know that, I mean, there's probably some other ones out there, but that's about, that's about as big as a recruiting miss in terms of rankings uh, as I can remember. And, I mean, and it was everybody. Across yeah. I mean, the- what do you think about Adam Myers White, Ben Martin, Chris Donald, even Daniel Brooks, that was kind of all like in a three, four five year span where Tennessee, you know, missed on several big time guys uh, that I think hurt them. Um, Trying to think of the next question here. Uh, this is from Blue Mist Vol. Consider this: with the 2020 season appearing to be at best truncated, 
is Jesse part of this? Is this Jesse asking? Is this his burner account? Uh, would it not make more sense for Trey and Cade to redshirt 2020 and play a full season next year? Just appears that with the motivation for both coming back, it is being watered down to say the least. No, I don't think Grace Smith will be made. They'll be going to the league. Yeah, I mean, like, let's face it. I mean, even if Cade was denied eligibility, I think there's a possibility that he comes here as a part of the program but never plays a game. I don't think that's the case. I think he'll play. But if he's not eligible, I think he would play in 21 um, to help his draft stock. But I do think it's possi- possible that, you know, he could just say, I'm just going to go on into the league. Trey, he, he came back. He, he made his gesture. If the season is eight games or whatever it is, he, he's not redshirting to come back again. He, he's, he's heading, I mean, like, again, you're, you know, when, when you've had the, the blood clots and stuff that he's had, you're not going to, you know, some people think it's, you know, it would have been better for him to move on and take the chance to get drafted this past NFL draft. He chose to come back. I, he, I would bet the farm that would not happen again. Yeah, this is the last – this 2020 is the last year those guys are playing football for free. I, again, unless Cade does not win an appeal, I, you know, I think more than likely he would be here in 21. But there's a chance, though, he just never would play. He'd be a part of the program but never play a game. Um, this from, and I, I messed his name up the last time. K bus make me five. <laughs> this is why I'm not, I hate this stuff. Owen Hubs does that's why I get so tickled. Obviously with league, leagues deciding not to play out of conference games, do you guys see many smaller programs eliminating their football programs? And how would this affect those players? Could they transfer and have automatic eligibility at new schools, such as the MEAC. Yeah, I, I think with the MEAC looking like they're shutting everything down and not going to play football this fall, you can see two or three of those top-end guys in the MEAC end up at the, the Big Ten, end up in the SEC, end up in the ACC. It does make some sense. And if you're a Tennessee or, or Virginia Tech or Ohio State or Minnesota or whoever, why not kick the tires on some of those guys? Yeah, you know, but I mean with, Tennessee. Tennessee at least kicked the tires. Had a little dialogue with the tight end from Central Michigan uh, this week. Uh, he ended up going to Virginia, but uh, you know, I mean, you make that call and see where he's at. But the problem, I mean, some of those guys are just going to be out of luck, and they'll say do something about the eighty-five rule. I mean, because you're talking about a lot of players. If you know, if multiple small conferences shut it down. And the big programs aren't going to have room for them. Next question from Coach Kramer. Assuming Kennedy Chandler picks Tennessee, do you think we have a better chance with Benchero or Smith or both? I mean, I think Jabari Smith, and I, I base that on nothing but distance. I mean, I think it's important for for his family, for his dad to be able to hop in the car and, you know, drive, drive and watch him play. And he could certainly, you know, be able to do that easily if he was in Knoxville, Jabari's right outside Atlanta. Not just Knoxville. If he, if he picks Tennessee, you know, you can drive a lot of places in the SEC in a few hours. You know, Columbia, South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Vanderbilt. So, I, just because of distance. And that's – and and in, Becher, in, in Becero's case, the, um, the kind of schools Tennessee's recruiting against. I mean – Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga, in hometown Washington where both his parents went. Um, and also, you know, 
kind of makes you wonder if, you know, with all this COVID stuff, if staying home is going to be something that kids put a greater emphasis on in, uh, in this 2021 class. And I also think that if you, I, I, I know for a fact that, that Kennedy and, and Jabari talk, they're buddies. I mean, so he talks with, with Ben Chero as well, but I think if, the moment you land Kennedy Chandler, if you're Tennessee, you become really attractive to a big guy like Jabari Smith or, or Banchero for that matter. And, um, you know, Auburn has a big-time point guard committed in that class too, Sharif Cooper, but he is much more of a score-first guy where Kennedy is, is more of a classic point guard that I, I think a guy like Smith could really see himself playing alongside. This from Apple Orange. If there is a football season, will the Pride of the Southland Band being playing, be playing live in the stadium? I don't know the answer to that. I would um, guess. I would guess no, but I'm just that's just a guess. Yeah, I agree. They play a tuba um, wearing a mask, I think. Can't do it. <laughs> no doubt. And in worst case scenario speculation, if college football season is canceled or significantly scaled back this year, would the NCAA grant another year of eligibility to seniors? If no, are they just out of luck? If yes, would that mean a domino effect on incoming classes? I think if they did that, Rob, they would have to expand the 85 in other words for you know for a year you just bust it up i mean i think they would i mean i I think all this stuff is just unprecedented i mean kids are are being put in a horrible spot through no fault of their own i mean i think you expand it to to 110 or or whatever but yeah i I think you took i think if a senior wants to come back and play then the ncaa has to kind of allow that this from Ball I Am, Rock Taylor and Auburn. How worrisome? Uh, I think it's something that bears watching. Um, you know, I think Tennessee's always been very cognizant that Auburn could be a real threat, um, you know, for Rock Taylor. Tennessee has done a nice job with him, though. Uh, second question, Princeton Fant, the most important tight end now. Who's the next man up after him? I would go Jacob Warren and then Sean Brown, and then Jackson Lowe. That's how the kind of the order I would go. So, yes, I would have Princeton Fant as the most important guy. Who pulls the trigger first, TID or Munden? Anything new with either on the – or the momentum shifts? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I Probably Munden. Um, but I don't think either one of them is in a super big hurry to do anything. Um, Rob, this from Smoky Man 15. What's wrong or what's up? Not what's wrong. What's up with the young tight end, specifically Sean Lowe or Sean Brown and Jackson Lowe? Uh, Smoky Man 15 expected more out of those two young men. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't give up on Brown yet. I think that's, you know, I think it sounds like Lowe turning into a, you know, quality SEC starters, maybe more of an uphill challenge. I think, I don't know that Brown's going to be you know, somebody that catches 25 balls ever, but I do think he can at least be a you know physical guy in the ground game and, you know, a serviceable target as a receiver. The final question comes from Deshaun13. Rob, which armrest is yours in a movie theater chair? Left. I, cross, I cross my right leg over my left leg and kind of lean that way. It's a no-brainer. Well, there you have it. That's the mailbag podcast here on this Friday. And remember, we all know the summer heat is here. The most practical thing you can do is avoid wasting money this time of year by having your cooling system cleaned up and tuned up. And you do that with our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. It's a fact that if you don't, your energy bills will be higher. And just like not tuning up your car, your system will be at greater risk 
for an expensive repair. That's why Blue Water's tune-up comes with two fantastic customer guarantees. First, if your system wasn't tuned up last year, they'll guarantee $100 energy savings this summer, or they'll refund your $79.99 for, for tune-up. Second, if they tune your system and it needs a repair this summer, you get a 20% off discount. Speaking of repairs, Blue Water Climate Control is committed to doing the right repair the right way the first time. All of their repairs come with a one-year warranty. Call Blue Water Climate Control at 865-299-2290 or book an appointment online. Go to bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Pick the day, the time that works best for you. For Rob Lewis, I'm Austin Price for the fallquest.com podcast.